The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum. And Chris, the draft, it's fastly approaching. I'm very excited, man. How about yourself? I am as well. I, I love the draft. Honestly, we all love watching football, but I think the draft might be my favorite part of the NFL calendar, just because it is a it is a season of hope. It's hope for fans, and it is kind of the culmination of young men working to achieve their dreams. And you know, there's just kind of something wholesome and pure about that. There is something wholesome and pure about that. And it's also just so many decisions by NFL talent evaluators that are going to shape what the NFL is going to look like moving forward. And some of those decisions deserve to be just absolutely ripped apart. Others are very, very wise decisions, and we've seen that over the years. So I just love the shaping of the NFL that takes place over the next month. But let's dive into today. Sleeper, running backs, and tight ends. So these are position groups that I feel like the Giants could add players. I don't think it's a pressing need specifically for tight end after the acquisition of Darren Waller and the selection of Daniel Bellinger last year. But I do look at the running back position, and I say, we don't know what's going on with Saquon Barkley right now, Chris. Saquon Barkley might not be a giant beyond the 2023 season. And then you look at the running back position and there's really no one there. And I think if the Giants do select a day two running back, it really says a lot about what they feel about Saquon Barkley going forward. So we're going to go over just some of our favorite day three tight ends and running backs. We're going to start with the running back position and I'm going to exclude Auburn's Tank Bigsby, Georgia's Kenny McIntosh, Tulane's Tajay Spears, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA, and players like that, because I think a lot of those players may be available or maybe selected, I should say, on day two. So I want to start with a player a lot of Giants fans I've seen on Twitter, they get excited about this guy, and that's Texas A&M's Devin A. Chain. Devin A. Chain, there are few running backs who are as explosive and as fast as A. Chain. If you want a home run hitter, if you want somebody who give him the crease. He's going to cut the angle off of the safety and make him look silly. That's Devin A-Chain. So what were your overall thoughts about A-Chain's game? Uh, I I like when you call him a home run hitter. Dude, he is just a spark plug for an offense. Yeah, he is. I don't know that he's going to be a a super consistent running back, you know, like a Tajay Spears, I think will be, or a Zach Charbonnet, I think will be at the NFL level. But if you want a guy who can 
hit a home run who can produce instant offense for you and flip the field, Devin Chain is that guy. Now, he's not big. He is his game is speed, just pure speed. It's pure speed. But the one thing that I, I'm always reserved about these pure speed guys, especially when you're talking about like top 100 selections, even though we're talking about him a little bit after it's how good is this player through contact and Devin a chain? Look, he, he's not the best through contact. I think he's better than the next guy we're going to talk about. I'll also say this about him vision wise. It didn't appear like to me from the film that I did see from Devin A. Chain, there was a little bit of a hesitancy with him. He's not as decisive. He doesn't run with as much conviction as some of these other running backs, right? Like some of these other running backs, it's like he, they anticipate the linebacker scraping. They know what their blockers are going to do. Whereas A. Chain, it's just like, hey, get this guy into open space and he's going to make you pay. But I don't necessarily trust him all that much behind the tackle box, right? It's more just get him on the outside, have him in the screen game. And there's a lot of value in that or there's a lot of value with that in the NFL, but that's kind of my overall assessment from the um, few games I've seen from Devin H. And how do you feel about that? I think that is, I think that's pretty accurate from, from what I have seen from him. Yeah. I, I do wonder about really any running back with the, the ability to weather contact. And I do wonder if maybe a chain's, size has a little something to do with that although one of the guys we're going to talk we're going to talk about it definitely doesn't have size on his side and he does have good contact balance these really are all things that teams have to figure out and i could see a team drafting devin a chain with a with an offensive package already in mind for him yeah maybe toss plays uh screen plays uh, off tackle, off tackle runs or read option type plays where you you get him the ball with room to run in front of him, maybe some blockers in place to cut off linebackers so he can do his thing against the secondary. And this next player, who I feel like everyone's talking about Devin A chain in in the light that we just portrayed him as in terms of He's a home run hitter. You get him out in the space. He's going to really work magic for you. And I think all of that is accurate. But I think we also need to put Israel Abataconda, which has one of the coolest names in the draft, in that same discussion. Abataconda is a player who he's like 5'11", 215, somewhere around there. I personally didn't think he played like he was 215 pounds. I think he plays like he's 195 pound back, which is a slight on his game. But similar to A-Chain, just get him into space. He's gone. Bye-bye. Like This is a straight-up Grand Slam type of hitter. And I think he is, at least on tape, he is just as fast as A-Chain. That's what it at least appears to me on tape. Israel Abataconda from Pitt. So what were your thoughts on Abataconda's name or game? See, I was just <laughs> I have his name on my mind right here, man. That was a Freudian slip because it is just such a smooth-sounding name. Yeah, I could definitely see him being nicknamed Anaconda at some point. <laughs> But yeah, he is a honestly one of these running backs who is just a blast to watch. And he, he had two runs or two types of runs. Either the run blocking for Pittsburgh broke down and he was getting stopped in the backfield or he was making a house call. In 2022, he had 21 touchdowns and an average of 6.3 yards per touch. It, it was 
insane how explosive he was capable of being. And I think I ha- you have to look at the, the two different runs he was able to produce because if he was met in the backfield, he was not able to shake those, bl- shake those tacklers. He couldn't survive the contact in the backfield. But once he got going, once he was able to generate some momentum, he was able to weather contact. Uh, he could run through arm tackles, bounce off shoulder checks, that sort of thing, keep his feet, and then accelerate down the field. Now, he did have a 4.39 unofficial 40, which is pretty good for a guy who weighed in at 216 at the combine. And I'll say this, too, about his game. There are two plays that really stick stick out to me on his tape. I think he does have better vision and decisiveness than a player like A-Chain, from what I've seen. Maybe I need to watch a little bit more film on that. But from what I've seen, I think that's accurate. The first, I think it was, touch, no, the last touchdown run against Virginia Tech. It was an 80-yard touchdown run on a power gap concept. Do you remember this play? Uh, I He was one of the first players I watched for this yeah. draft. So I, I don't remember that one in particular. <laughs> yeah, it was an offset. I formation 12 personnel power gap with the backside guard lead blocking up to the safety. But I just loved how he cut back inside to avoid the cornerback. And the thing that was most impressive about that run from Israel Obataconda was how he accelerated and nobody was even close to him. Like, I don't know how fast he got on tape, like in terms of his miles per hour, but he looked like he was, wasn't even shot out of a cannon, man. He was shot out of something even better than I can. <laughs> it, was, it was really impressive. And then he also had a run against, I believe it was um, Rhode Island. It was a, it was a smaller school. So, you know, sorry, Joe, but this was a, this was a play. It was, I think a, an inside zone run where he just saw the hole open up and he just hit the crease again. And another run where just nobody was catching up to him. So I think he similar to a chain is a player that the giants could entertain on day three. And if you would bring this guy in and he doesn't have to be your full-time dude, but he can be your pony personnel type of back behind Matt Breida and also learn behind Matt Breida. And then once Matt Breida has gone, now you have a 21 personnel with one of the more explosive threats at running back. So I, uh, I appreciated his game. I just wish he was a little bit stronger through contact. That would be my one grit. Yeah, and that does kind of line up with the notes I have on him for, you know, my my own scouting report is like, you know, I loved his vision. I loved his big playability, his quickness, agility, but he just doesn't run with the type of power you would expect from a 5'10", 216-pound running back. And I think that also really shows up in his pass protection, which just based on his home run ability, teams are going to want to put him on the field on third down. And if you can't pass protect, it's tough for you to consistently see the field. It's tough for you to consistently see the field. That is a excellent call, Chris. So we're going to transition to Sean Tucker from Syracuse. I have not watched too much of Sean Tucker, but I have statistics on him. He has 66 missed tackles forced. I believe A-Chain had 36. Abataconda had 44. So this is a solid amount. I think Bijan Robinson had 105. So that's the baseline. But Bijan Robinson also, I think, had more missed tackles forced, according to Pro Football Focus, than anybody in their database. I think the closest to him was David Montgomery when he was coming out of Iowa State. But Syracuse running back had 
over 1,500 yards 2021. Last year had over 1,000 yards, double-digit touchdowns each season. What did you like about Sean Tucker's film? Um, Just about everything. Ooh, <laughs> he is, tell. Uh, he is, I think, one of the most well-rounded running backs in this draft class. He doesn't have great size. I believe he was, uh, yeah, 207 pounds at the combine, five foot nine. But unlike Izzy Abanaconda, he has some strength to his game. He can, I think, run through contact. He can run through arm tackles. He's got enough speed downfield. I don't know what his what his 40 was. He didn't run it at the combine. But I I like his valent I like his vision. I like his balance. And I like the fact that he is a very capable receiver. It, he did pretty much everything for the Syracuse offense. And I believe he set records for them over the last two years. Another player that we'll transition to is Chase Brown, another orange type of school, Illinois. Running back whose brother, Sidney Brown, also played on the Illinois defense. Twins from Canada, I believe. This is a very powerful type of runner. I watched more Illinois defense because of Devon Witherspoon. And they also have a Martin, Quan Martin, in their sa- the safety apex nickel defender, whatever you want to call him. So I watched a lot more of their defense. But I do remember down at the Senior Bowl, Chase Brown ran over Riley Moss. And it was pretty bad. It was at the goal line. And it kind of shut up any conversation about Riley Moss transitioning from a corner to a safety. So what do you appreciate about Chase Brown's game other than the fact that he's like a wrecking ball coming downhill? Uh, well, I very much appreciated that. I I will always have a soft spot for a nice physical running back. Just going back to the days of Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw, just trucking defenders left, right, and center. And... I also really do like that Brown is, again, not a big running back, 5'9", 210-ish, but he's explosive and plays big. Like you said, he just ran over Riley Moss in the senior bowl. I also really liked his jump cut at that he showed off at the NFL Combine and the running back drills. The fact that he can quickly change gaps, change his rushing path, and then explode forwards is, you know, it it is really very useful for those short yardage goal line situations when the game just really speeds up because the field is condensed. And yeah, he is a very physical runner and pretty good vision too. I would say excellent vision from what I've seen, which probably isn't as much as I should, but I saw the Wisconsin game and he had that one touchdown run, if I'm not mistaken, where he hit the A gap and that was not the designed play. He hit the A gap and just burst right through the defense, rushed 49 yards for a touchdown. I mean, that's a very impressive one rep right there. And I've also saw bits and pieces of the Michigan tape and the one touchdown he had near the goal line, he just like ran through a bunch of would-be tacklers. And I think he had another touchdown later on in that game that went for like 40 yards. So if you're talking about a day three option and somebody to compliment Saquon Barkley, but also not compliment him in the sense of speed, but someone who could maybe spell him is, is the better terminology I should use there. Like if you want a physical guy, I think Chase Brown fits that bill really well. He does. And of course, there is one more running back we kind of have to talk about. A guy oh, yeah. who I, I think has stood out to both of us. And 
he is not your typical NFL running back. But man, if he if he doesn't just keep coming up, and that's Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. So for those who don't know, Deuce Vaughn is about five foot five, like a hundred and. 75 pounds. I don't have his combine numbers in front of me, but he is not a big player. And of course, he comes from Kansas State. So you know everybody is saying that he is the next Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles also went to Kansas State. Darren Sproles also very short. And I feel like college football loved Deuce Vaughn for quite a while, not just because he is a small lightning rod of a player, but he's also very physical. He gets lost behind offensive linemen. And he was able to rush for 131 yards and a touchdown against Alabama in week 18 of the college football season. And people just kind of, I think, absolutely love that about him. I think that was the bowl game, right? If not, yeah, because that was on a that was on New Year's Eve. So, man, please speak to us about Deuce Vaughn and what the Giants could get out of a player like this. Uh, I have him down in our notes as the Adam Ant of running backs. He was the shortest running back or the shortest player ever at the NFL scouting combine. And you know, we typically see guys who come in underneath size thresholds with that being listed as a negative, but you know, size is not a skill set; It's a trait. And Deuce Vaughn uses that trait to his advantage. He is able to get lost behind offensive linemen, you know, kind of like Darren Sproles where He'll get in behind a six foot six tackle or six foot four guard, and the the defense just cannot find him. And then he uses his agility, his acceleration, to find the running lane and just burst right through it. And I, I think maybe one of the most impressive things about him is that he is actually a natural receiver. Like I actually saw some some similarities to. Christian McCaffrey in how he was able to play out of multiple alignments, multiple roles, and just be a natural catcher of the football. Like the ball just finds his hands, even though he has a tiny, (laughs) a tiny catch radius. He just makes it look easy. And if anybody wants any sort of indication of it, it's not like he had a lot of receptions against TCU, but he had plays against TCU. It was like a 20-yard pass that where he got tackled on the goal line where he ran like a corner post route and the safety was all over it. And he jumps up and makes a contested catch with his Tyrannosaurus Rex type of arms. And that's like a very <laughs> impressive play for a guy like Deuce Vaughn aligned in the slot in an empty formation to create at least enough separation, but then to make the contested catch when the separation wasn't all that uh, grand. And he also had a, a catch, I think in that same game, which was on like a slant route, like it's a middle of the field, open type of defense. And he really sold the outside jab very well. And then exploded into the middle of the field, open void and made a catch, moved the sticks that was on a third and four. So his utilization goes beyond just being a running back and a receiving threat out of the backfield. He has that slot upside. That's what I'm looking for. Chris, if I want to take a a shot at a running back. Like B. John Robinson has that in spades, right? We saw B. John Robinson throughout his time at Texas make these wild catches where he's adjusts his body in the air. Like he's a player who is going to impact the defense, not just out of the backfield, but in the slot. And I think Deuce Vaughn, to obviously a much lesser degree, can do the same. But Chris, do you have anything else on these running backs before we transition to the tight ends? No, just that We've been saying this throughout the draft process. This is a very, very good running back draft class. And 
I honestly believe that there are teams that will find starting running backs on day three, fourth round, maybe even into the fifth round. So running back may not be a pressing need for the Giants, but it is entirely possible that there will be really good value available at some point early or even midway through the third day of the draft, and they will get good value there. And we didn't even discuss, you know, like Evan Hall from Northwestern or Kendry Miller from TCU who might go on day two, Eric Gray from Oklahoma, Zach Evans from Ole Miss. Like there are a lot of running backs, like you said. But Chris, before we get to the tight ends, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Similar to the running back class, Chris, the tight end class is also fairly deep. And if we're talking about day three type of players, I don't know if the player I'm about to name is going to be a day three guy just because he was wildly impressive at the combine. But that's Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion. Now, for those who don't know, Zach Kuntz was originally at Penn State. He transferred to Old Dominion. I believe it was before the 2022 season. And he goes to the combine showing up six foot six, 255 pounds with 34 inch arms, over 10 inch hands. And I believe every single one of his athletic testing was over the 90th percentile, like just an absolute freak athlete. So I wouldn't be shocked if he goes on, on day two, but I wanted to start with him because he's a player. I, I want giant fans to, to be aware of. What did you appreciate about his game, and is he a little bit more than just this athletic monster? Well, a lot of it, he is an athletic monster out there. And actually, at, at the combine, he was six foot seven, two fifty five. You, you, you shorted him an inch. He's well, yeah. Mock draftable has six foot six five and five eighths, so I should have rounded up. That's just me oh. not having a reading comprehension, apparently. <laughs> oh, uh, Res has him at uh, six foot seven, so I, maybe he grew. <laughs> yeah, they round up. They round up. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, Zach Koontz, man, if you if you want somebody who you can develop behind Darren Waller, I think this is a, a solid addition. It's just the Giants have a lot of holes. So I don't know if they can entertain that. Daniel Bellinger is going to certainly have a, a role in this Giants offense, but you're looking at an athletic freak with a huge catch radius, somebody who is going to be a red zone threat for you, somebody who's going to be a third down target for you, somebody who is going to really put a lot of stress on safeties, especially these smaller safeties, because he is such a large target. And he's not even a player who necessarily dominated through stats, right? Like 
and correction on Zach Kuntz. He transferred to Old Dominion before the 2021 season where he had 73 catches for 692 yards and five touchdowns. He only played in five games this last year, but he was able to post 12 catches, 144 yards and two touchdowns. And I feel like everybody kind of forgot about him because he transferred from a Big Ten school to a smaller program in ODU. And then everyone remembered who he was after he went to the combine. Yeah, after he just blew up the combine. Yeah, I think just having watched this tape pretty recently, actually, I think he has some pretty significant upside as a hybrid tight end. I, I don't think he's a guy you want blocking. Yes, he is. He is big. He's six foot seven, two hundred fifty five pounds. I know a lot of people want to look at him and say, oh, that that's a wide tight end right there. You, you can line, have him in line right next to one of your tackles and block an edge, an edge rusher. And no, that is not who he is. Uh, he is a former track athlete. He, I believe he ran track in high school. He was also a former basketball player, which you can absolutely see when he's going up to high point the ball. He looks like a power forward going up for a rebound up there. But with his ability to like, especially when he's able to lengthen his stride and get vertical, he can run past almost any defender out there. And the guys he can't run past, he is going to have at least six inches of height on, not counting his 34-inch arms and 40-inch vertical. So if you want to line him up in a 12 personnel package, have him threaten the seams of a cover three, defense he is going to be an absolute nightmare at least as long as you can properly develop him and that's what it's going to come down to but even if you can't properly develop him he's still going to be a nightmare in terms of one-on-one coverage and things like that but have you watched any of clemson's davis allen because he seems like that day three pick he's not the biggest he's tall but he's like 245 pounds only has 32 and one fourth inch arms so he's not as freakish as Zach Koontz from that from that area, did test well in terms of his vertical jumps, ran on a 4.84, but he seems like a player who can block and be a reliable receiving threat, a smart type of receiver out there with, with pretty damn good ball skills and really solid hands. What were your thoughts on Davis Allen? Yeah, I thought he would be a pretty good tight end three yeah. at the NFL level. Maybe not a guy who's your first choice to be out there, Maybe kind of like a, a poor man's version of uh, Bellinger, maybe as a guy who can lose slow, as we like to say, as a blocker, but also be a reliable receiving threat, a guy who knows where to be and is is where he is supposed to be on time and has dependable hands to make those catches that just, you're never going to see him on a highlight reel, but they just keep the offense on schedule. They keep they keep the offense able to matriculate the ball down the field, even if he is not doing, you know, Zach Koontz things and burning a defense vertically, he can get you on like the, get you the first down on a stick route or something like that. What about Braden Willis? I haven't seen any Braden Willis, so I'm interested to get your thoughts on the Oklahoma tight end. I've seen Oklahoma's offense, but regrettably I wasn't paying attention to their tight end. Yeah, he, Braden Willis is an interesting player. He actually graded out a lot higher for me than I thought he would. He is not a great athlete. Yeah, he's six foot three, six foot three and three quarters, so almost six foot four, uh, two thirty six, two forty, somewhere around there. He was really used as more of an H back than a tight end, but he he kind of popped up all over 
the Oklahoma offense uh, in the in the tape I watched, he was in line and detached as a tight end. He was an H back, an actual fullback, a slot receiver, lined up out wide as a wide receiver, and even played wildcat quarterback for them. And he did pretty much everything they asked him to. You know, he's a a smart player. He has good ball skills, and he is a pretty physical blocker as well. It kind of sounds a little bit like Jeremiah Hall, I think his name was, the UDFA who was with the Giants. Do you remember? And he was an yeah, Oklahoma that, tight end as well. Yeah, that's that I think is a, a pretty fair comparison. Uh, the guy who also kind of popped up for me was uh, Tommy Tremble, if you remember him from Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, Willis is not the same kind of athlete that Tremble was. And honestly, Willis could even be an undraft, a priority free agent after the draft. He feels like a guy who kind of slips between the cracks, but then comes out of nowhere in camp and makes the roster. All right, let's get to our last guy. And that's Alabama's Cameron Latu, I believe is how you pronounce it. And I only saw some of his tape against Tennessee which I'm sure you saw, you've seen too because you absolutely have a man crush on Byron Young, the Tennessee edge <laughs> rusher. And he seemed to me to be a long-striding type of athlete with soft hands. I remember he had a couple long catches. One was up the sideline and tight covered where he got both of his feet in bounds. It was really impressive. It was, I think, near the red zone. He also had a touchdown a little bit later on in that game. He was running a lot of like seven routes. Not the most explosive guy in the world, but seems to me from the little bit I've seen of him, he has soft hands and he could be a day three type of target who can offer maybe a little bit as a receiver. I'm not really 100% certain about his blocking. So can you give me your opinion on Latu? Yeah, I, I think Latu is kind of in the similar vein as Braden Willis or uh, Davis Allen, just as a guy who he he might not be the most dynamic athlete or a matchup nightmare as a tight end, but he's able to do pretty much everything well out there. Yeah, he is a good enough blocker. I believe he lined up again in a lot of different roles for Alabama's offense. I think he was primarily a blocker for them. And if you're going to be on the field as a blocker for Alabama, you, you must be pretty good at it. Like I don't think Nick Saban is going to tolerate a poor blocking tight end out there. And I, I like your description of him as a bit of a, a long strider. He isn't, he doesn't have great acceleration, but he does appear to have soft hands. He, he didn't play a huge role in Alabama's, passing game but when the ball went his way he he was reliable he picked up the yards he needed to he ran his routes correctly and was just a good dependable option for Bryce Young Chris do you have any other tight ends that you want to briefly go over before we get out of here no but also I well I think we probably should talk about Payne Durham who nice the Giants have had in for a visit, I think he's going to be kind of a wild card in this tight end class, which, like the running back class, could produce some pretty surprising values. There are a lot of very, very good tight ends. I would say, on the whole, this tight end class is much better than the wide receiver class. So I think we could see the Giants select a tight end and people go, wait, what? 
why are you drafting a tight end there? You you need a you need a wide receiver. And it's like, well, the, the tight end is probably a better option than the receivers available. And I think, I think Joe Shane already made that clear when he acquired Darren Waller as well. Yes, yeah, a- absolutely. Come down between Darren Waller and Juju Smith Schuster. That's kind of a toss up, at least as long as both are healthy. Yeah, I'm taking Darren Waller any day of the week uh, in that situation personally. If again he's healthy, so they have to check that out. I'm not a doctor. I saw Payne Durham against Illinois, and he had a catch over the middle of the field, breaking towards the numbers where he hurtled over two defenders, one being Witherspoon, one being another player who ended up colliding, and it looked really sloppy on Illinois' part. And then Sidney Brown, we just talked about Chase Brown. Sidney Brown came and hit Durham but didn't bring him down, which doesn't happen all that much with Sidney Brown because he's a pretty sure tackler. And Durham ended up picking up, I want to say it was like 20 yards, 25 yards. It was a really nice play against Illinois. And that's kind of, and I saw that a little while ago, that's where I got turned on to Payne Durham. And I saw the Giants had him in for a top 30 visit because he was really nibble and coordinated on that one specific rep. I believe it was in the first quarter. So that intrigued me. I haven't done a full evaluation of him, but I also watched a lot of Charlie Jones. So I saw number 87 out there for Aiden O'Connell kind of being that reliable type of safety blanket. But I think there's a little bit more to his game than just that. What were your thoughts overall on Durham before we get out of here? Yeah, I think he could be another Bellinger. A very similar as a Y tight end, a guy who you look at and say, okay, this guy's a blocker. What we, we don't have to devote a ton of resources to covering him, but he's got, I think, some sneaky athleticism. He only had a 487 on the 40, but he had a 161 10 yard split and a 34 and a half inch vert. So he's got some explosiveness in his lower body. He that might not translate to long speed, but as far as acceleration and just that that initial burst i think he's got that and you can do a lot with that you know, when we were i believe it was off air we were talking about receivers there's a type of receiver wide receiver that is where they've got good agility and really explosive lower bodies but not necessarily the long speed that really gets people's attention guys like uh, Amon Ross St. Brown or Cooper Cup or Victor Cruz. And I think Payne Durham might be that that same kind of receiver, but as a tight end. He's also just like a pain in the ass to bring down. Because I remember watching a little bit of Purdue against, I believe it was Deontay Banks. I was watching Maryland's defense and he had like a 50 something yard catch. And it wasn't like he did all that much on the catch. It was like an all out blitz by Maryland. And he just caught the ball over the middle of the field, but he ran like 50 yards. And for about 15 of them, Chris, he was just stiff arming people like he was Mark Bavaro. And I don't mean to drop (laughs) that name because I have so much reverence for Mark Bavaro. But for a guy we're discussing on day three, it definitely intrigued me. And obviously it turned the New York Giants on as well because the Giants brought this guy in for a top 30 visit. So they're poking around the the Payne Durham uh, sweepstakes for a day three pick. Yeah, and, and also he did deal with injuries uh, in, I believe it was 2022. I, I'm almost certain he had a concussion last year. So it makes sense if you have this guy who is intriguing, but he was kind of nicked up throughout the year. You you want to bring him in, see, see what he's got, put him through his paces. Absolutely. Well, everyone, 
Thank you so much for tuning in to The Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. If you have not done so already, can you please like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast wherever you get podcasts? And also head on over to BigBlueView.com and check out all of our written content over there covering the NFL Draft and your beloved New York football giants. Take care of each other, everyone, and have a lovely day.